Hi, I'm Nick Horrocks from X.0 Advisory, and welcome to My Digital Journey, a series of podcasts about how technology continues to influence, challenge, and disrupt business. We'll hear from entrepreneurs creating online platforms, right through to adventurers using social media to develop their own personal brand. We'll also hear from people in more traditional industries about how digital is disrupting their prevailing business models and how they are looking to address these challenges. These podcasts aim to highlight the issues faced by businesses and entrepreneurs in the modern digital environment. What made them successful? What mistakes they made? How they look to the future? And how they financed those ambitions? Coming up in this episode. Hello, I'm Michelle Vint. I'm founder and CEO of Regital, and this is my digital journey. Haggling for the best price and buying volume, that's what we did at media agencies. And now it's less about price and it's more about being able to use data and technology in the best way possible to ensure that every pound that you spend is spent on finding the right person at the right time. I guess my background isn't digital at all. (laughs) Um, I did a history degree and left uni and entered retail actually worked at Zara as an assistant manager for a few years realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do but didn't know what it was the classic just take a subject at uni and figure it out later and just kind of fell into media actually I had a family friend who um worked in press and magazines and did a little bit of um free um, work experience And it just seemed to be an environment that looked interesting but enjoyable as well. Lots of entertainment, lots of relationship building, um, quite glamorous, I guess. So um, I went for a graduate recruitment scheme at MediaVest, which is now Dentsu Regis. And I got offered a place and was asked to choose between TV, buying and digital. I chose TV because I thought it was more glamorous Um, and they kind of came back to me and said look we think you'd be really suited to to the digital team and would you mind taking that place it's a fast growing department Um, it was really early days so I don't know that must have been in like 2002 something like that so just after like the dot com boom and bust and you know I'm just I'm really glad that they asked me to do that because I guess I wouldn't be where I am now if if I hadn't and and was that in Manchester or was that down in London Manchester yeah so you moved you obviously joined then MediaVest Mm -hmm. so what what happened what's your journey from MediaVest to setting up Regital um, so I stayed media agency side for a couple of years, um, media planning and buying, um, did everything in terms of digital from PPC to display advertising to affiliates at the time, that was really big, and I moved to McCann um, Ericsson, went there for a while, and then I eventually ended up on the sales side, um, because that seemed to be a bit more fast-paced, Um, I was able to kind of get out and about. Um, I was representing titles like Microsoft and Facebook at the time in the regions. Um, Manchester's a bit of a weird place in terms of media in that there were a lot of sales houses based in Manchester who represented big London or global brands. So it was a bit of a niche. It's quite a small market. Um, So, yeah, I ended up on the sales side. 
really enjoyed it, was pretty successful, enjoyed earning bonuses. <laughs> and then um, I'd say I did that for about six years and it was just around the time of programmatic um, becoming something that people started to talk about within digital and ad exchanges and using tech to buy digital media. There was a lot of people talking about how we needed to use that technology to buy digital and there was no one up here doing it. Um, so myself and my husband decided to seek out tech companies in London that were at the forefront of that and, and represent those in, in Manchester uh, in the regional market, which is essentially Birmingham up to Scotland. And that was kind of how we ended up jumping out and set, setting up Regital. So, what is, so when did that happen and, and what is Regital today then? So that happened eight years ago. And I guess we started out as a digital media sales house um, and we saw tech partners who specialised in programmatic. But at the time, everyone just did one piece of programmatic. So, you, so you'd have someone who was a, an expert in display, someone who was an expert in tablets, a company that did mobile, a company that did rich media. It's all quite fragmented. So we... Um, kind of built a partner set that spanned everything in terms of digital display um, so that we kind of became a bit of a one-stop shop for our clients and agencies to come to us if they wanted to run digital programmatic campaigns they knew they could come come to us we could answer any brief and I think over the last eight years that's essentially still what we do but we are quite specialist in the fact that we have traders sat in our office um, we have data analysts as well. We do a lot with data, a lot to join the dots um, for, our, for our clients. We work, still work with big media agencies, but we also work with clients directly. We work with independent agencies now. And I guess we provide planning and analytical services as well as the activation. And yeah, I think it's, it's a really exciting time for us because slowly but surely, every pillar of media is moving that way. So it started with digital screens um, on laptops, mobiles and tablets. Um, now we can buy digital radio programmatically, we buy digital out-of-home programmatically, eventually TV will go that way. So um, really we kind of we got in there quite early on and you know, we're seeing growth because that's just the way things are going. So how has the market changed then in the last eight years since you've run your business? Um, massively. When I started out in digital, it was quite traditional. It was all about haggling for the best price and buying volume. That's what we did at media agencies and getting the best deal for our clients. And now it's, it's, it's less about price and it's more about being able to use data and technology in the best way possible to ensure that every pound that you spend is spent on finding the right person at the right time. Um, so marketing principles are all the same. It's just the way in which we do it now. It is very different and it's more personalised and bespoke and targeted. So um, I'd say the skill sets have changed. So it's gone from being people who, I guess, were from kind of more like humanity degrees and, um, you know, good at building relationships and being able to negotiate. That's still really important, but... There are a lot more people now in the industry that are from economics backgrounds and math and maths um, backgrounds, STEM subjects, um, because 
you know, we, we rely on technology to, to, make the right, to make the right decisions now. So in terms of your business and what it looks like now, you obviously started it with your husband. So how many people are you and what, what's the split of skill sets that you have within your, within your business? Uh, so there's 35 people now and in terms of the split of skill sets, I'd probably say 50-50 now. So you've still got a client development and client service team but then we've also got a trading team um, and an analytics team and also I guess our planning and insights team as well are quite tech focused in terms of the platforms they use to understand audiences. So yeah, I'd say it's kind of 50-50 now in terms of skill set. And that growth over the eight years, how how have you funded that growth? Um, Self-funded. When we started it was before the credit crunch so lots of money on credit cards <laughs> um, and yeah we've, we've just we've, we've grown at a comfortable steady pace we've not over in we've not invested when we didn't have the money we've not had to borrow we've just we've just kind of done it our, ourselves and, and grown at a steady pace and in terms of where your business and your industry is going what's the future for your industry where, where do you think it's going to go in the next two or three years I don't know I think there's lots of um it's a very challenging year that last year and this year have been really challenging um mainly because of how you use data so GDPR was was um a big hurdle for us last year because we weren't quite sure if we were going to be able to use data in the same way to target users or how consumers would react um, and whether that would change how we um, we did what we do. Um, and then, you know, we've got kind of cookie policies and privacy policies coming in over the next few years, and there's a lot of backlash in terms of, like, the big two, Google and Facebook, and how they use people's data. I think it's good. It's good for the consumer, but it's, it's a challenge for, for those in, in the sector in terms of understanding what our product set should look like so our product set two years ago was completely different to what it is now so it's fast paced and we just need to kind of stay ahead of that and in terms of what it will look like I don't know I think we'll just see more media channels moving into this kind of programmatic tech focused delivery so you may have touched upon some of these but what are the key challenges that your business faces then it's exactly that. It's, it's the pace of growth, um, the pace of change in terms of legislation, in terms of technology, and brands being resistant to that change and not being able to keep up. Um, we work with a lot of kind of heritage brands who are struggling to kind of keep up with the pace of change in terms of e-commerce and how to speak to a younger audience. But then we also work with amazing challenger brands who have kind of just sprouted out of like influencer marketing and they're able to scale because they understand what their audiences are doing and where they're going and how to speak to them so I think it's the pace that's probably the most challenging thing and being able to bring a client along on that journey I think we will have more offices not just in Manchester so um, we're at a really good size now to work with the type of and the size of client that we want to work with I'm sure there'll be growth but I think it'll be steady but I think we've got loads of opportunity to take our model to other markets so we're about to launch our Australian office and we've got plans to open up in Dublin as well so we're near all the big tech 
um, had headquarters over there and also to hedge our bets with Brexit. <laughs> yeah, I think being a programmatic specialist, I think we've, we've got a model that um, we can take kind of global, I guess. What does success look like for you personally and for Rigital? For Rigital, I think it is... I think we've been through that huge kind of growth curve and we need to now... We need to be able to deliver steady, consistent growth and, and, a, and a diverse client base. And also it's about keeping hold of our culture amongst all that and um, making sure we've got a happy workforce and providing kind of flexible um, opportunities as well. Personally, uh, I think work-life balance, isn't that what everyone says? <laughs> we've got two kids, um, two young kids, so it's it's important to be able to have time kind of away from the office but I think I'm really interested in of ha- in having like a um, portfolio of business interests there's a lot of people that we've grown up with in the industry who are leaving the big blue chips and they want to set up on their own and I think we're in a position now to back some of that talent so I could see us having quite a few different interests all all interconnected but um um quite a diverse range of of yeah business how do you get more women involved within the digital and tech world? And how do you get more people, set, women, setting up their own businesses in this sector? In terms of getting more women involved, I've just, um, I'm on the committee for a women's network, a women communications network called Bloom North, which we just launched in January this year. And that's all about being able to provide opportunities outside of the workplace to con- connect and network with other women in the industry. I think I found, especially 10, 8, 10 years ago, it was still a bit of a boys' club. Deals were being done on a Friday afternoon in the pub, and either you sank a few whales and got involved, or you know, you, you were left out of those conversations. So I think it's really important to provide um, networking opportunities that are, are more female focused and flexible and and allow us to have kind of open and honest discussion with each other um so we're delivering lots of kind of mixes at the moment and panel discussions and um it's it's a really exciting kind of um new opportunity and we've never had a female communications network in the regions at all they've all been in london and then in terms of getting more women into tech i mean i find the tech word quite um restrictive because i think it just conjures up into your mind coding and algorithms and actually building technology and i think it's quite prohibitive in your mind and actually a lot of us work within sectors where we all use tech every day to make decisions and we use data and i think we need to try and kind of um expand the term because I would probably never perceive myself really as a woman in tech. I feel I perceive myself as a woman in marketing and media, but the two worlds are so intertwined now. So, yeah, I think it's kind of helping people to not be scared of that word and understand that, you know, you might work in a bank and you'll end up working with platforms and technology. You might be an accountant and do the same. It's not a scary thing. In terms of your career, which is clearly very successful, what's, what's the biggest mistake you think you've made and what have you learned from it um biggest mistake was about three years ago i'd say when the business um scaled massively um 
So we'd just had like a record-breaking year. There was only 15 of us at the time. Um, and to maintain that, we, we knew we had to get bums on seats. And we doubled the headcount um, virtually overnight, introduced new um, systems processes, um, new departments. We did a massive restructure, but we did everything all at once. And um, it was too much when I look back now. And I think the staff kind of didn't know whether they were coming or going. And, it, you know, it caused a little bit of unrest. And I think... If we had a challenge like that again, we'd be a bit more um, diligent in terms of what we were bringing in and when and why and communicating. But I guess the entrepreneurial impulse in us is just to crack on and just get things done um, and scale. But I think, you know, we could have we could have planned it better. And thinking more locally about the Manchester market or the northern market, which I guess is where you're principally focused, or regional market, let's, let's call it that way. I mean, what, what are the particular challenges that you think are particular, I guess, to, to Manchester, let's say? I would have said attracting talent, but I don't really... I don't think that so much anymore. I think because it's so difficult for young people to, to buy and own property in London now, we actually have attracted quite a lot of talent who want to kind of come to the north and just have a different pace of life and be able to get on the property ladder... And I think a lot of investment's gone into the city as well, so it's it's get it's it's a lot better than it used to be. Um, I think there was that north side south divide previously, um, but again with devolution and the BBC coming up here and Channel Four coming up here, I think it's it's kind of really helping change the perception of the regions. Any advice you would pass on to an aspiring female entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, so I think the first one would be to create a diverse team. I think the fact that myself and my husband went into business together um, really kind of benefited our business and, and our ability to scale. Um, my qualities are very different to his and we, we complemented each other. And also just just kind of having that male-female Um, mindset we think about things differently and I think we were able to kind of tackle challenges collectively so and also building my management team it's about bringing in diverse voices and people that are talented at things that you're not talented at so I think creating a diverse team is really important I also think learning how to take risks as well uh, is really important I think sometimes women are naturally more cautious and you've got to be willing to, to fail. And most of the time when you fail, you learn from it and you just move on. You can't be, can't be afraid of that. So just, you know, being open to taking risks. And then, yeah, just being yourself, really. Just being yourself and not, not trying to conform to any kind of alpha competitive culture that might not be you. I think it's just it's really important to be yourself. Thanks for listening. I'm Nick Horrocks from X.0 Advisory. Make sure you subscribe for the latest episode of My Digital Journey.